He spoke first of her breathing, then of her bearing and strength. He showed her with lightness and ease, with playful wry animation, how he breathed as he had been trained. Such training as he had undergone could not be replicated, but he would do his best if Anna would try. She said she would. He exhaled in a hiss from full, strong lungs while she counted out the seconds. Her own exhale she could not sustain long, but it was wonderful failure, failure that might someday be overcome. He demonstrated for her, too, the messa di voce, the placement of the voice, in which he sang a single note from softest to loudest and back again, and touched along the way all the gradations of loudness and softness between. She failed here, too, but still he made her feel already taken, already touched, with the fever of aspiration, to learn and master everything. It would be like becoming an acrobat, Raudzini said. Soon enough one might fly. Already he was pleased with her, already praising her quickness and skill. He said that in time they would begin two-note scales, then three notes, then as many notes as could be contained in the measure of a single breath. She had never in her life felt as dancing and vivid as now. She forgot herself. He did not sing much, but when he did, the sound went all around her and through her body. It was as though her soul became huge with life and joy, and she could not believe that she had been so nervous, nor that she had not been more. The year was 1776. Her name was Anna Selina Storace. She was eleven years old. She could play harp and guitar and sing anything by sight. Her elder brother Stephen was a prodigy on the violin, and had been sent to Naples to study at a conservatory. Her father was Italian, a double bass player who had lived in London for twenty years, and who arranged and translated Italian burlettas for Marylebone Gardens. He was a hopeful man, who was always losing money. His unhappy wife, born Elizabeth Trussler, was the daughter of the proprietor at Marylebone a pleasure resort just outside of London, not as plush or posh as Vauxhall or Ranelagh, but characterised by the Trussler's simple rustic food, fruit tarts from their own gardens, and cheesecakes, cream and butter from the sleek dairy cows that lowed and grazed in the lawns behind the theatre. There were breakfasts, balls and fireworks. The patrons were not wealthy, but neither were they poor. Anna had sung and danced in her father's burlettas at Marylebone for as long as she could remember. She was a lively, clever child who wanted only to be pleasing to everybody. Her eyes were large and dark and mutable, and seemed to express more depth of feeling and quickness of mind than were found in many an adult. Her thick black-brown curls made Mrs. Storace despair that she would be taken for a gypsy. Her stature was small and neat, and she carried herself gracefully, after her mother, who in times of greater prosperity had had a French dancing master. 